Hello and welcome to Smashed, the podcast of Jen and the 40777. Uh, or 40... Mm, that episode three, Jen is hitting. Uh, you said it right. <laughs> the 40777. Uh, I am one of your illustrious hosts, Ellie Collins. And I am Ian E. Muller. And we're going to be talking about episode three, Requiem for a Lightweight. I should specify season one, episode three. Yes, season one, episode three, uh, Requiem for a Lightweight. Which is, I feel like an episode that finally like really introduces the formula that a lot of MASH follows. Yeah, um, it's not one of my more favorite episodes, uh, but it feels very, they're starting to find their footing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'm starting to find a taste for gin. Are you? <laughs> Are you though? No. Well, uh, when it's when it's mixed with a lot of lemon juice, apparently. And the simple sugar is probably doing it. Yeah. So cheers. Slancha. <laughs> Are you just gonna say a different cheers every time? Uh yeah, I can. I I feel like it would only be appropriate if we're saying kambe. I was gonna say kambe. <laughs> <clears throat> uh but yeah so this episode we got a boxing tournament and it does kind of follow the other four bats in that it's less there's a problem and we have to solve it by the end and more each episode is kind of a vignette into a day in their lives exactly and some of the ridiculousness that happens yeah yeah <clears throat> um so yeah, it, it follows, it introduces the formula that a lot of, especially the first few seasons, is yeah. going to follow. Uh, I did think it was funny that it opened with a vanity shot of the women running from the showers. Yep. In towels. And just, okay. <laughs> like, there, there's a couple times where the, the show's handling of women, you're just like, oh, It's not right. great. It, it's the 70s. It's not great. Uh, it also... <laughs> Yes. Similarly, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Similarly, it highlights like there was a very high rotation of nurses. Like they, and yeah. the, the show does highlight that sometimes just because the casting changed, but also, uh, you know, this episode is about a nurse coming in and then promptly getting rotated right back out of their mash. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and again, we had the quiet hospital with no foley, which yep. it's. Foley is one of those things where if it's done right, you don't even notice that it's there because everything sounds so natural. Right. Whereas, like, this hospital being so quiet sounds really unnatural. Yeah. Like, it it feels like there is something weird going on with how quiet it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I did notice early in the show, <clears throat> and Scrubs did the same thing, there's a lot more medical talk. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, a lot more um, <clears throat> detailed talking about what they're doing, what the medical situation is. Um, whereas in later seasons, the drama centers more around what's happening during the surgery. The <coughs> it's more patient focused than medical focused. Yeah. So you don't get as much of them being like, "We need X Y Z medication." We need more of this. There's more like, it's kind of the difference between we're losing him versus his blood pressure is X, Y, Z. I need it to be, you know, one, two, three. Like, they kind of shift from 
from talking about everything that's going on in very, very clinical terms to talking more naturally yeah, about it. They they definitely use the clinical talk and the, the, the medical jargon as its own plot device mm-hmm. at certain points. Um, but yeah, yeah they, there's definitely a lot of like in-house medical jargon that they just throw out there at the beginning that tapers off. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciated the, uh, the joke of, at a girl like her back home, we called her Rover. It's a very creative way to call Margaret a bitch. Yep. Uh, and I love it for that reason. Like that's when I said that it was weird that Blake said, damn it. Yeah. It's because that is more of kind of what I was used to mm-hmm. from television sense. from that time. Yeah. Like, like television from that time, it was more common to say, I knew a girl like that. Her name was Rover. Um, then it would be to be like, she's kind of being a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I find that a lot more clever and a lot funnier. <laughs> um, I think like this is the episode that really highlights like the womanizing, mm-hmm. the nurse chasing. They're very aggressive. And like it gets old. Yeah. But there's always a purpose to it. And it also feels like it, it probably was appropriate for the time period. Like, it's probably yeah. accurate. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I like the tapering off of it later, not just because... It's kind of a hollow plot device, really. Like, yeah. Oh, no, I've had enough Jen, I'm yawning. Um, <laughs> that's going to be me on Jen either. Either I'm going to yawn or I'm going to get aggressive about hating Frank Burns. Okay. Um, which he was barely, barely around this episode, so my hatred of him is minimal. Um, the, the Frank Burns meter was at a one or a two this episode. Yeah. We need like a danger meter <coughs> for how likely, like how much Frank misbehaves in an episode to how likely I am to scream about it. Um, but now something that I noticed in this episode, and I don't know why it stood out to me in this one is, um, so like in the, in the Korean war in the early days, it was very bloody and it was very active, um, yeah. similar to how it was in the end. It kind of like dropped off a little in the middle. Um, they are not nearly as exhausted in later seasons. Like later seasons, it's like they do an eight hour shift, they get two hours of sleep, and then another set of choppers comes in. Yeah. It's not as busy as it feels like it should be or as we come to get used to with MASH. Like there's a lot of time for plot shenanigans. Because they're not being interrupted by surgery. But I feel like those interruptions of surgery actually enhance the story more going on. Like, it, I think that's part of what feels so sitcom-y mm. in these early episodes. Is it doesn't feel like they run a surgical hospital. Yeah. Like, it'd be... it. It's like <coughs> the... It, and I'm going to always reference Scrubs because I feel like Scrubs cribbed MASH very much. Oh, yeah. But it feels definitely. like those episodes of Scrubs that take place almost entirely at their apartments. Yep. To where it doesn't feel like a Scrubs episode. Not that it was necessarily bad, but it doesn't feel like it's a part of the show. It, it, it's, it has a very different feel. And it's definitely, one, those are ones that are designed more to give character growth to show them outside of surgery and outside of their role. Yeah, um, but in in these early episodes, like if you told me this is a story about a mobile army surgical hospital, I would just be like, well, okay, and like, 
It yeah. doesn't it doesn't feel like that is what the show is about. Yeah. You know, it they're interesting. Cuz the surgical parts are kind of very secondary to whatever plot they're trying to do as opposed have, to yeah. them happening simultaneously. Yeah, they have been so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh very important note the boy, or rather the, the father, the father yes. has arrived. We have yes. William Christopher. Uh, it's on. very appropriate that I'm on my third gen for the Father Mulcahy excitement. <laughs> Look, he's my favorite character. No, I know, I know. Uh, he's back, which is fantastic. I he's one of my favorite characters too. So I'm happy that he, they brought him in. And he, Sorry, that just strong. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> if technically Hawkeye and Hot Lips Houlihan are the only two characters who are in the entire series from the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's... Te- yeah. I Technically, Jamie Farr. Yeah, but he's not in these episodes. He, yeah, he wasn't in uh, two or three. Yeah, no, um, but Hawkeye and Houlihan are in every single episode. Oh. I think there might be one or two episodes that Hulahan's not in. Yeah. But it's because she's, like, traveling. Yeah. Um, I We got Father Mulcahy, and that's all that fucking matters. <laughs> uh, I do think it's interesting that this is an episode uh, where Father Mulcahy is roughing a boxing match, given everything we find out later on, that he is actually a good boxer. Yeah. Like, that most of Father Mulcahy's backstory is as a boxer, and that comes yep. up frequently later on. So, and, it's definitely an add-on later, And I feel like... I, well, no, I feel... But it also feels within character for him to be like, I'm not going to tell you that I would be more than capable of jumping into this ring. <laughs> yeah, like, like <coughs> we're, we're all still new here, and I'm the priest. I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, mm, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll ref the fight. I just think it, I think it's super interesting. Um, I did think uh, it was of note, and you can maybe think that the, that this is uh, Blake joking. Yeah. Uh, but when they say, I'll write his wife to Radar, it feels like we're so early in the show that the characters aren't fully developed that we, like, Radar kind of gets a reputation later on for being almost Arrow Ace. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, like, he's never spoken to a girl, he's never touched a girl, he doesn't really have much desire for it outside of that's what he thinks he's supposed to do. And then we get that weird episode later on, which I'll rant about that when we get to that episode. But, like, we kind of establish him as someone who, like, has absolutely zero to do with girls. So it's an interesting line that it doesn't read like he's making fun of him. and And they're not making a laugh track. So did they have a wife for Radar early on just as a throwaway line, but no actual backstory to go with it. So I, I'm, I'm a, I think that Blake was referring to Trapper, not R- R- Radar. But it's when Radar was in was in the uh, ring and with when Trapper, he, and he was Trapper's not married. Yeah, yes, Trapper's oh, married well, with kids. That's right. Trapper's just trash. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We had this discussion. <coughs> Yes. We, yes, we had this discussion about how the different people on this show cheat. Yes. Uh, which will be a conversation for when we get to the BJ episode about it. Because there, there's very interesting indications from all the different characters about how they cheat. 
that some characters I respect it more than other characters. Yep. If that makes sense. Like, I don't respect Frank. No. Or I don't respect Frank in general. But the way Frank does it is bullshit. But, like, what happened with BJ made more sense. Mm-hmm. Trapper's just nasty. Yeah. Trapper's there's, there's, Trapper cracks a joke in the pilot that he, his, oh no, his wife his wife has a conspiracy theory that he got drafted just as a, to, so that he right. could cheat on her. And the response is, well, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, but how'd she find out? Yeah, Trapper's so cavalier about it, it's gross. A little um, bit, yeah. I, let's see. They had actual good jokes this episode. Mm-hmm. It felt like the writers are getting more into the good way to do dry comedy. Yeah. As opposed to relying on, it's kind of the difference between like British humor and American humor. Yep, um, definitely. This, this episode also introduces a character I like and I wish was in more episodes, Ugly John. Yes. The anesthesiologist. I yes. like that character and I wish he had stayed, they had kept him on more. Mm-hmm. Like, he's barely on the show. I think he's, I think he's still on it for the first few seasons, but we'll, you know, we'll talk about that later. Kind of in and out. But yeah, he's, he doesn't stick around and I like him a lot more than I like some of the later series mainstays like uh, <clears throat> Rizzo. God. We'll talk about Rizzo when we get to him, but oh, good lord! Um, I think it was interesting that Radar chugs gin, considering. Oh in la- yeah. In later episodes, like he takes one sip and he's like, "Oh," or he's like, "Oh, I never touched stuff." And he literally just like takes a huge mouthful. <laughs> yes. Speaking of that, uh, this is the episode <laughs> where we start having the uh, very good. Um, how to word it. Uh, they're not gay jokes, but they, they are... Oh, the, like, very casual, loose sexuality that (laughs) Hawkeye displays? Yes, Hawkeye's very loose sexuality, and the jokes that occur that really are never at, at the expense of gay people, like... Like, I've been bi my whole life, and I'm yeah, usually not... very, like, twingy around stuff that, that is at the expense of gay people, but I very much make fun of myself. It's a, it's, they're gay jokes to make, f- like, Frank uncomfortable. Well, and in this one, um, though, there's moments where it's like, um, like when they both show up at the nurses with Trapper with the flowers yeah, yeah, and yeah. Hawkeye with the stockings. He's like, are those for me? And he's like, only if you put the stockings on. Yeah, like, and it's very like tongue in cheek, not meant to make the other one uncomfortable. It's yeah, just... it's it's not done. It's not done because it it's funny to say a gay thing or it's funny to make someone uncomfortable with a gay thing. It's quipping back and forth between characters. Yep, and it just happens to be a romantic quip back and forth, which is how friends talk to each other. Yeah. Like, it's kind of that old adage that's like, if your friends, or if other people don't think you're gay for each other, are you best friends? <laughs> uh, but at the same time, it does kind of start the the pathway where Hawkeye's sexuality seems a little wibbly-wobbly throughout the show, and that I always appreciated that as a kid. Yeah. Like, it, it always it's... meant a lot to me as a kid. It's done really well, and it's not done in a way that it's offensive. And the only time it's used at the only time someone has made the butt of one of those jokes is a character that you already are kind of like 
don't like because yeah. they're that way. So it's yeah. like to make Frank uncomfortable or to make Radar uncomfortable. Yeah, which, you know, we in the LGBT community do that already. Exactly. Like, I, I make gay jokes about myself to people. Like, you know, when you tell someone, you, when you tell a girl you're bi and she's like, ew, don't hit on me. And you're like, like, oh yeah, ooh, baby. And you just start like aggressively complimenting her in uh, in romantically inclined ways just to make her uncomfortable because she made such a stupid remark. <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff is fine. It's just it's very interesting because it's it's either that Hawkeye has wibbly wobbly sexuality or that Hawkeye is just very, very comfortable. And either way, that's an ideal. Yeah. That Hawkeye is an ideal trashy man. <laughs> the ideal trash. Look, look, if you're going to regret it the next morning, at least let it be Hawkeye. So Hawkeye's a raccoon is what you're saying. Yes. He's, a, he's, he's just a glorious trash boy. Uh, yes, because, yes. Yeah. Yeah, whereas Trapper is a pigeon. He's, yeah. Trapper's a pigeon. He's a trash dove and full of shit. Like... I know. That's amazing. BJ is at most an alley cat. <laughs> yep. Wait, I like alley cats. It Clinger is a possum. Clinger is glorious. <laughs> I miss Clinger. Uh, hopefully he'll be in next. But yeah, this episode didn't really have much going for it, despite all the things that came in. Like, this is... Honestly, one of the more boring episodes for me. It is, yeah. It, it introduces a formula that they stick with. It introduces more, like, character development for them, but it's very shallow outside of that. Yeah. Um, I will say I thought it was very interesting. Um, we picked up, because you were looking up some stuff on the actor who plays Father Mulcahy, William Christopher, uh, that he was the voice of Angel Smurf on the Smurfs. Hell yeah, he was! <laughs> Which is cool. I... <laughs> I love that. I I love looking up people. It's interesting um, how many of of the uh, guest stars in Mash Two um, like went on to do big things, and we'll talk about them as they come up. But like, so like for our current generation, when actors are um, very famous, and then we like and we go, where have we seen them before? And you look them up, and they were in Law and Order for one episode as a bad guy or as a victim. Uh, it feels like MASH is that for the earlier generation. Like, yeah, it's MASH is the law and order of the 70s. <laughs> Only in guest appearance, like one-off, getting started. Also, apparently, uh, looking up <clears throat> looking up more actors, uh, the common threads between all of them include Gomer Pyle, USMC, which is amazing, and I feel like there's obvious reasons why those crossed over a lot. Yep. Um, and then Murder, She Wrote. Yep. And Diagnosis Murder. Yep. And Diagnosis Murder makes sense why they were there. And a lot, and Disney. Yeah. A lot of them did voices for Disney stuff. Well, back then it was, if you were famous, you were a voice in a Disney movie. Yeah. Um, Rip back in the day when we used to have the voice actor and then the singing voice. I kind of miss that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, stop, <laughs> stop letting certain pop stars think they can act. Hmm. <laughs> I won't say because their fans will come after me. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this it was a really boring episode, but it's an episode that still gave us a lot. 
um, which I think is interesting. I just still... It, se- it sets a lot of the tone for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. I also just still feel meh about Trapper. Yeah. Like... I happen to know the next episode is actually one of my favorites from the early seasons, so... Oh. Well, I don't know any of these in order, even though we just watched it in order. I'll remember them of, like... I've watched, this, like I said, this is my 10th or 11th watch through the entire series, and I'm still like, oh, this happened. Like, the... I didn't realize that the first real episode was that Black Market episode. I thought that happened way later. Oh. Yeah, like, <clears throat> there's also, like, because I watched this on TV Land and Nick at Night type stuff. Um, where they air it out of order. Where they air it out of order. There's still, like, certain scenes that stick out to me that I think are much more consequential than they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember them walking out and seeing the Jeep be completely stripped. Like... That scene stands out to me, but I don't, uh, you know, I didn't remember the episode. I thought maybe that was a bigger deal because, you know, later on Jeeps are in short supply. So it's a bigger deal when a Jeep gets screwed. Um, So, yeah, like I remember a bunch of scenes out of order or like when we were watching the finale, which uh, or no penultimate. um that you were like, oh, this scene's going to be really rough. And then that was like the one thing I remember about it. <laughs> that was the finale. Yeah, the finale. When I was when you were like, oh, this scene's going to be rough. And yeah. so I was ready for a scene I didn't remember. And then I was like, oh, wait, I remember that one perfectly. Like, <laughs> like frame by frame, I remember that scene. Yep. Uh, so it is interesting because I think that works in the show's favor. Like, you could pick up MASH at any point. It can air out of order. You can still enjoy it because the only the only real time frame you have to keep up with is is it the early stages of the war or Mm -hmm. is it much later in the war because that changes how they feel about it but even that's kind of wishy-washy so i think it works in the show's favor that no matter when you start watching it no matter if you bounce around to episodes you can still enjoy the show the same way you don't have to watch it in order to appreciate everything that it has to offer yeah i think there's there's definitely a very serious shift uh kind of around when uh colonel potter and bj come on and though those later seasons are a different show in some senses yeah um but it's also important to know like the show starts in 1950 yeah. The Korean War was 1950 to 1953. The show takes place place over 11 years. Yeah. So we are getting, we are very much getting snapshots of a day in their life over three years across 11 seasons. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and it's like, it's interesting because it's like 200, 231 episodes. Uh, Am I remembering that number in an inebriated state? Jeez, if you uh, are, I'm impressed. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but like, it's some, something like 231 episodes, uh, which wouldn't even cover one year in their life. So it kind of goes to show that in a three year war with these kind of snapshots and all this that happens, there's probably like a couple days of quiet in between or just 251 episodes. Oh, I was so close. Oh, I was so close. But yeah, like it's, it's interesting too, from a from a case study standpoint of where they end up by the end of the show, that that's what three years 
did to these people because obviously as a show they have more time to write this character development and everything but in the reality three yeah. years of the korean war did fuck people up that bad oh yeah definitely. like i mean one year fucked some people up that bad yeah but i mean like it the show being 11 seasons long doesn't really change the character development in my opinion because <coughs> that that much happened i appreciated that it give them more time to extend the character development and show because you know you have that you have that instance on some shows that are very short like some of the marvel tv shows uh, yeah. where you they have to force a lot of character development in six episodes and mm-hmm. it feels very ham-fisted whereas in this it feels like a very natural progression because we yeah. did get 11 years of it yeah because honestly margaret goes through a lot of change but margaret also is not like a totally different person she still is a little bit like i'm gonna call my daddy to fix issues she's like that through almost the entire series yes yeah you know so it does show i think it's good character development because in a lot of the marvel stuff somebody has to be a different person by the end of the show or they have to be a different person to become the superhero that they're going to be etc they have to change who the person is and on mash they go through a lot of character development while still staying who they are like even up to the finale for hawkeye hawkeye's problem is still being a bit of who he is yes and and i think that that's missing from a lot of media today is characters being allowed to stay who they are at the core Mm -hmm. to go through the character development people think character development means you have to be a different person and yeah that is not the case yeah Definitely. Well, that was episode three. Yeah, we didn't have as much to say about the episode this time, but... Nope. Is next episode when we get Klinger? Ah, <gasps> yay! Oh, maybe we'll have to pour another drink and watch it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, <laughs> do you want to get one of our favorite characters? Yeah. <laughs> well, then... To you, dear listener, we'll say we'll be back uh, in a week with another... Uh, is it a week? Are we doing these weekly? Are we doing them weekly? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is the problem with recording the show before we've released it. We'll figure out our, our schedule. I'm well, sure. either you'll either get episode four in a week or two weeks. We're not sure yet, but <laughs> we might watch it right now. We'll... So... Uh, I have been your host, Ellie Collins. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ellie underscore A underscore Collins, where you can find all the uh, other creative things I do, much more sober than I am now. <laughs> and I have been Ian E. Muller. Uh, not always as sober as I am now. <laughs> Sometimes I stream a little tipsy. Oh, the uh, honesty. But you can find me on Twitch uh, at Ravnos, R A V N O S. Twitter? Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be a good podcast. You can, you can find him on Twitter. At you can Ravnos. find me on Twitter at Ravnos, R A V N O S, or uh, visit com for all the other stuff that I worked on. Yeah, and uh, hit us up on Twitter. We do a bunch of other stuff that uh, might be of interest to you. Um, or not, if you just like MASH, that's cool. Uh, we will be back with episode four. Uh, so we are going to go. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>